following episode is an audio of an event we had in my sensitive empowerment community. Every week, I have a live event or training and invite you to join us. You can find out more information on my website, sensitiveconnection.com. Hope to see you there. Hello, everyone. How's everybody doing? Happy to have you guys today. We're doing a live Q&A. So it's basically going to be whatever you need today. And uh, love to hear from everybody. You guys can do either chat or video or audio, whatever you feel comfortable with. And uh, we'll take some, um, some questions. Hi. I love it. Say hi if you guys are here. You can say hi in the in the chat or in the video, whatever you like. And um, anybody can start uh, asking their questions if you have them. Where I was thinking that we could spend the first few minutes of today just kind of doing a check-in. If anybody needs any kind of support that's not even related to leadership or business, uh, feel free to pop on and say hi, um, and also ask any kinds of questions. Let me know how you guys are doing out there. And as people start to join us, um, they'll also be able to do that. So what do you guys need today? And how's everybody doing? Who's here? And where are you guys from right now? Give you guys a minute. Hi, all. This is... This is um, are we supposed to talk in voice or chat, Julie? You can do whatever you like. Who's this? This is Monica. I'm in Austin, and um, my internet connection is kind of wonky, so I, I toggled off the video, but um, I'm here, excited to be live with all of you, and um, I guess, guess that's all. For me, I'm happy to talk about the business and leadership topic, but I, I know that there's a lot going on now, so happy to pivot to whatever anybody else feels like discussing, too. Oh, okay, great, Monica. Hello, nice to hear your voice. <laughs> I love hearing your guys' voices and seeing you, too, because it's nice. Um, and Cecilia's here, too. Great, from Vancouver. Where'd you say you were from, Monica? Austin, Austin. Texas. Okay. Awesome. Well, you know what, this is a, I'm seeing this as sort of a casual um, Q&A today. So since you popped on first, why don't you go ahead and uh, share any questions that you might have and I'll see if I can help. Well, I am a recent, <laughs> I'm a new business owner. I set up an LLC in February. So um, it's brand new to me, though I had been doing 1099 work prior to that. and. So now I guess my, my main questions are, how do I really formalize what I'm doing with the business? Um, and how do I get clients? And Julie, you shared a, a tip that I have taken note of around offering something of value and asking for email addresses because sending a newsletter is a useful thing to just stay in front of people and make sure that they're aware of what you're offering. And I thought that was a great tip. But yeah, anything around um, defining, defining services or finding clients would be helpful for me right now. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm sure that's gonna help a lot of people too. So thanks for asking it. Definitely um, on a high, if, like I wish that I had known this in my early part of starting a business was how important it is to have a website and an, uh, an email list to start collecting emails because They've changed so many things on social media and uh, and so relying on social media for your business is actually not going to be very successful in, in the long run. Um, only about 2% of people see your posts because they've changed the algorithms. So that's something really important to know. And I know there's a lot of people that rely on social media for their, even for their website. So that's something huge. And like you said, being able to offer something, whether it's a, a PDF, a video, um, eBooks, things like that, where you can actually share something where somebody gets you, gives you their email and then you share something to give to them. And then trying to do a weekly newsletter uh, is really helpful because you engage your audience often, giving them 
uh, giving them a lot, giving them things that, that you think are going to be helpful for them and um, being able to support them and their needs and thinking about you as a new business owner and trying to kind of formalize your business. Uh, do you have a, some clarity about who you really want to work with? Like who would be your ideal client? A little bit. So I actually do have a website. It's called uh, skillsthatstick.com. And that's all set up with work that I did in a graduate program I completed around learning design. So I was originally thinking, and it's an interesting time for it now, uh, helping people bring classes online and create educational content for distance learning, which is very broad. So I don't have a very specific niche within that. And all the contract work I've done prior has been really kind of me responding to other people's needs. So just, just kind of contacts, connections who have a project, um, either related to marketing or mostly related to marketing, uh, writing blog posts, creating graphics, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of experience saying, this is what I do and what I offer. <laughs> this is what I'm good at and this is what I can give to the world right now, which I know Julie is um, what you do so brilliantly. And then connecting with people who, who can use that. So that's why I say defining services is top of mind for me right now, because right, right now it, I know what I can do, which is create content and learning design. Uh, learning design because I just completed a graduate course in it and I have a little bit of experience professionally too and then marketing content development I've been doing for 10 years so I know I can do those things <laughs> right now um, it's just a matter of uh, finding the why that resonates with me and with others and um, mm -hmm. the why so, that's an important one absolutely mm-hmm so I've done a little work around that. I have a personal mission statement um, that it took me a really long time to get to that to a place where it feels good. Um, and it does, but it's still very, <laughs> it's still very broad. I can, I can type it in the chat box if you guys are interested in seeing it, but that's been kind of my journey, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so. Well, the two um, questions I, I would have for you are, um, I want you to think about, and you don't, you might not even be able to answer it right now, but something to think about is I want you to think about what you're passionate about. And I, I think that rather than um, going down a path of what I think I can do, I want you to really look for that light inside of you that just literally lights you up to think about sharing with someone. Um, and then I want you to think about who that ideal client would be so that everything that you write on your website, in your email, um, in your blog, all of it is going to be uh, geared towards as if you're talking to that ideal client. And I think it's, I know for myself, um, and it was interesting that Willow and I were just doing a, a podcast about this today, a similar subject, and we were talking about our own journeys and how, you know, we really followed that light inside of us and maybe did things a little differently than a lot of people might do them, but it worked for us and it worked to follow our instincts and it worked to um, not have everything perfect in place before we even started. That's, a, that's an HSP tip. <laughs> I think a lot of us wanna have everything kind of perfectly in place. But at, if you're thinking about your ideal client, there's even exercises you can do where you literally, you come up with a name for them, how old are they, what are they interested in, and start asking your, um, some of the people in your community about your, what they're looking for. Like if you can narrow it down a bit, what do they need? Like, for example, if I was to do that, I would say, you know, what are you struggling with right, right now? What do you wish was better? How could we make things better? Uh, and what would we do to make things better? So you're really kind of interviewing some of your ideal clients and getting some clarity about what they need. So you're kind of like, I kind of consider it to be in the, inside the, uh, you're, you're in, in there with them and experiencing it with them so that you're getting a lot of clarity about that and that can help a lot. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, I've heard that referred to as creating a customer persona. Yes. And I, I really like your idea of interviewing people and making it about, you know, real first person information. And I, I love the idea of being in it with somebody else. So that's all great, Julie. Thank you. Good, good. And connect, uh, share yourself. 
um, try to be in a space, and we've talked about vulnerability a little bit in this community, but I think it's really important to share who you are and, and connect with people in that way because you know, there could be 10 people doing something, but it's, it's like if we're connected to that person, that particular person, that's where, you know, your clients and your customers want to connect with you. So that's another tip I would have is to share some of, of you in your material. That's the same exact advice I've gotten <laughs> elsewhere. And it, the vulnerability piece is hard because for me, particularly my block right now, I think what that is, uh, it's so fashionable, <laughs> you know, to, to, I think it can easily turn into sounding inauthentic um, or being inauthentic. And I would never want to be perceived that way. And so I think there's a lot of tone and um, you have to be careful what you share. And so my, my fear is, I don't know, I, I guess I just need to figure out how to do that in a way that makes sense for me. And that just takes time, but thank practice. you for the advice. I think that's spot, spot on. Yeah, and practice. I would say practice. Yes, exactly. Um, you honestly okay. get better at everything the longer you do it. And, you know, when I first started out sharing pieces of myself, I would get nervous. I would feel my heart racing. My brain was interpreting that, that I was in danger. As you all know, if you've been following my brain stuff, um, but you get better <laughs> at it. And that's the thing is you've got to keep, you put yourself out there, keep practicing, find your medium. If that's in podcasts, if that's in video, if that's in writing, if that's in all of the above. And you really do get better at everything with practice and we can't figure everything all out when we're kind of starting out. So follow that light inside of you, that passion, be authentic, be real, even if it's scary. And that's who, that's how people are going to connect to you and your particular services is because they need to connect to you even above the services that you're offering. That's, an, that's the important piece is to be able to connect with your audience to get to know who they are and stay out of shoulds. I should do that. I should do this. Somebody told me to do this over here. Mm. Stay away from that stuff and really stay in the place of like, does this light me up? Because I 100% believe that whatever is lighting us up and it's almost like, like Will and I were sharing today about there's something inside of us that no matter what, we just feel like we have to share it. And he even shared a story that, you know, like, and I really appreciated him sharing a personal story that when he first started out, he tried to give this workshop and he was all excited. He spent all this money on this venue and he was, had 150 chairs set up and four people showed up. And, uh, you know, so wow. it's like, but there was something that got him up again into going. And I still remember uh, when I was first starting out, I reached out to uh, Rick Hansen who was a real idol of mine. I love his brain research. And um, I asked him if he would review, review my book that I had written, my brain training program. And I was like, my heart was racing out of my chest. I couldn't believe that I was doing it. I was terrified. I thought for sure he's gonna say no. Maybe he's not even gonna answer my email. Not only did he say yes, he gave me a review. He invited me to be a sensitivity expert on his, in his program he became a mentor of mine. And one of the things that really stood out to me when I was asking him about, you know, how do you kind of get to his level? And this is when I was just starting out was um, he said, cream rises to the top. And that always stuck with me. Like, no, you keep putting good material out there and people will resonate with it. And you, you stay connected with your audience. How are they feeling? What do they need? How are they feeling about what you're offering? all of those things. And you, you keep on taking those steps and each step is not perfect. We've got to stay away from that need to be perfect and stay instead into a place of intention. What is your intention? Why do you want to share this with people? If it's to make money, that's not a good intention because I do believe money comes and it will come if we're in the flow, but we have to be in a flow and you have something unique to offer that's just you. And you have a special way of offering it and a special way of explaining it and to believe in yourself. And, and what happens is, especially as an HSP, when you start getting feedback from people that something you did helped them, that's like, that's the best gift. And it gives you so much fuel to, to keep going. And as a business owner, 
you know, sometimes being an entrepreneur is about sort of putting out fires in a lot of different places. Like, oh, that went wrong. I got to fix that. And that went wrong. I got to fix that. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you have to keep doing that in your business, but there has to be something that kind of keeps you in that flow and keeps you going. And getting feedback from people is definitely a good part of that, especially as a sensitive person to hear that you're helping somebody. It's like, even if you think you helped one person, that's like a huge thing as a sensitive person, right? Totally. Um, toggle on for a second. Um, oh, hello. Sure appreciate it, Julie. Thank you. Good. I sure appreciate it. I have a whole. You were looking for? Yeah, I have, I have some notes. Really helpful. And uh, jogged some memories on my end of times that I was vulnerable and it worked out way better than I would have ever imagined. Um, there was a time in particular I I had like an anxiety attack after I I pitched that I should attend this seminar uh, of somebody I really admired in order to write an article about it. And I never thought, like I got the admission comped because I was writing an article. I never even thought I would be able to attend, but she agreed to it. And so I, when I went, um, I was, I was just so nervous. I mean, I couldn't eat, I could barely even speak. And, um, I, sh I thought, you know what? She's met me in person. <laughs> Never again is she going to want anything to do with me. Um, but I wrote the article and I sent it to her and she loved the article so much that she, um, she interviewed me for, uh, to see if we might work together on an online course she wanted to build. And then I leave that. <laughs> and so she was telling me, you know, you're speaking quickly. You seem nervous. Are you nervous? Um, and we ended up not working together, but she, I still stay in touch when she launched her latest book. She sent uh, my husband and I an invite and all of that uh, from it, from an initial in interaction where I was so, I was so upset after it. I actually had dinner with a friend. I was like, I just need to talk. No, I made myself look like a fool in front of this woman and uh, come to find out she didn't think I was a fool at all. Um, just that I was a little nervous. <laughs> and so um, it really, what you're saying makes me remember that. And, um, so I'll, I'll continue down the path. Thank you, Julie. Yes. I love it. I love that. What you just said to continue down the path, keep going. And when things don't go well, you reroute and you find, you keep kind of keep following your flow and, and you're using such a great example that we're both sharing things that, yeah, when we first start out doing things, it's common for us to feel nervous and that's okay. Uh, we're humans. Everybody gets nervous. Um, but I definitely love the words of practice. Keep doing it. Keep staying connected to your instincts. As a sensitive person, you've got a strong set of instincts inside of you. And remember, you've got more activation in that insula. So you have a really high level of awareness and consciousness. I still remember when I did, um, when Rick Hansen invited me to do uh, a, a video event with him. And I went and like stayed in a cabin the day, like the weekend before, because I was like, Oh, I got to get myself centered. I got to get myself ready for this. Um, and, you know, and at the end he was just like, wow, you know, I, I think that there's something about this trait that you're talking about. I can even see it in you. And, and that, um, you know, your ability to kind of connect pieces and have all this extra information, like he could see that in my interview, despite the fact I was nervous. So, You've got, gosh, you've got so many amazing gifts out there, guys, as sensitive people. So I, I want you to believe in that and push through the fear and keep practicing and know that you've got support here too in this community. Like we give each other energy and we share our real stories with each other and, um, you know, all of it. So even after our event today, we'll get a sense of like, do you guys want certain more certain kinds of trainings on some of this? And I'm really open to doing what you guys need because I want to support you in all areas. So definitely, I'm hoping that this resonates with people. And thank you so much, uh, Monica, for sharing your story, because I'm sure you're going to help other people. And I see we have some comments I'll go through. So thank you so much for sharing. And anything else that you wanted to share or comment on before we move forward? Monica? That's all. I. The more that people ask me, so what does your business do? <laughs> and the more I get to answer that question, I think the more, like you were saying, Julie, practice I'll get doing that in a way that 
is more and more authentic every time. So I appreciate the chance to do that here today. And yes. thanks everyone for listening. Awesome. I love that. You keep practicing even what you're, sh what you're doing and sharing and, and the path you're moving forward and how you explain yourself, all of it. And it definitely gets easier the more you start practicing and explaining it to people and, and follow that, that, that feeling inside of you. Like, did that feel good when I just said that? Or did that feel kind of icky, you know? And like, if it felt a little icky, then there's something in it that needs to be looked at. If it felt really good and it lit you up inside, it's like, okay, I'm onto something. And again, we got to stay in balance to even have a connection to that feeling inside of us. So starting a business, running a business, I mean, the top priority is balance. Like in my life, above anything else is my balance. And if I'm out of balance, I lose access to my gifts. So, and that extra information that I have. So that's a good part too, is just to stay connected to that balance. Thank you. Okay, awesome. I'll go through some of the... Uh, Cecilia says, I have a question, how to be um, sensitive to COVID-19 and what everyone is dealing with. People have info overload, so I'm not sure now is the time to push marketing. I'm avoiding sending some of my newsletters and communications because of this and also because people may not read emails now. I love Rick Hansen, one of our local heroes, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So Cecilia, that's a great question too. Um, and I, and I, I think that I believe as a sensitive leader, it's important to not look at things as marketing uh, and instead look at things as I have something that I believe can help someone. That's what we really, that's the key is we, if we're looking at, is this marketing? Am I trying to sell something? I, I feel like that's heading down the wrong path in general and instead staying in a place of, I feel like I have something that can help someone. And if it has a, if it costs them money to purchase it, it doesn't mean that that is a bad thing to be presenting to people right now. Some people still have um, access to funding that can purchase things and not everybody is going to be a customer or a client. But if you really believe in what you're offering someone, then it's going to show differently in how you talk about it, how you present it, how you market it, if that makes sense. Cecilia, does that help you? If you're still here, let me see. You can all, you can talk or chat. Hi, can you hear me? Hi, yes. <laughs> Hi, um, yes, that's super helpful. Thank you so much. Good, good. Did that kind of cover it or do you have any other questions about it? Um, yeah, it's just, uh, the whole thing about <clears throat> how you said framing it as not, um, marketing. I think that's helpful. Like what, it, cause everyone needs help in different ways. So how to frame it around, um, yeah. What help do you need? I, I think that's helpful. Cause yeah, I had a whole bunch of things like emails I'd planned to send people and now I've been holding off on them and, um, yeah just kind of considering like is this the right time and I, I think how to reframe some of the messaging I think yes and I 100% I, I believe this because there's I certainly um, as a sensitive person have gone through times where I'm like oh I just want to give this to for, to for free I don't want to charge anybody that's certainly been a piece of my feelings at times um, but I also really believe, and even research shows this, that when people pay for something, they value mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we know that based on psychology too. When we give something for free, it's less valued and people actually put less into it than if they mm -hmm. pay for something. And not everybody is a client. So finding um, your niche of people that want the service that you're providing or the information you're providing can support them. So it's a total reframe of our mindset, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Like if I pay to sign up for an exercise class, <laughs> I'm much more uh, inclined to go than if it was free. Yes. Yes. Isn't it amazing how that works? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know a lot of people in the field are, you know, offering big discounts. I'm doing the same thing, huge discounts on my stuff. Um, and so 
that to me that actually is more valuable than giving it for free because I know what will happen if I give it for free people won't value it and they won't do it so mm. if they pay something even if it's less than what I normally would charge I feel good about the fact that I'm giving them that discount they feel good that they're able to afford it and do it mm -hmm. yeah very true thank you so much you're very welcome nice to hear your voice yeah, you too. <laughs> yeah, anything else before we move forward? Um, no, I'm just interested to hear what others have, uh, what other questions people have. And yeah, I'm so appreciative of these sessions that you do every week. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate hearing that. Thanks. It was nice to get to talk with you and hear your voice. Okay, Renata says, um, has some different questions for me. Um, in your own words, what does it mean to be an HSP leader? Hmm, that's a good, are you here, Renata? Are you here? So yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> Hi, nice to hear your voice. What makes you ask that particular Hi. question? I'm curious. What, what about that is interesting for you? Yeah, so I think uh, when I, when I hear um, here in the community, especially when we talk about being an HSP leader, I feel like there's there's something to it that feels different than when I hear uh, like in outside circles talk about leadership or being a leader or um, being a business owner. Um, and so I just wanted to see like, I really want to kind of, <laughs> I feel like I want to really embrace that, but I don't, I feel like something is holding me back from that. Like I, I leadership still sounds a little bit like, like a dirty word to me <laughs> and okay. like, Oh, I have to be this big authority figure. Or like I, I, I'm this expert and that doesn't feel good to me. So I'm just curious as to like, how do you, how, what helped you embrace that? Okay. That's, I'm glad I got a chance to ask you for some follow-up questions. You know how I kind of view it. Uh, sometimes I view it as I imagine that there's this big open uh, like a, a big forest, for example, that we're in, and there's all these different paths. And how I kind of view it is I've been down so many of those paths and I understand them. So those particular paths that I've, that I understand and I'm clear about, I know how to lead people through those paths because I've been there and I've done that. And I almost view it like that so that there's a sense of if someone's you know, struggling, it's like, I don't know which path to take. I can be a leader in these particular paths. And, and, and to me, um, that comes from a place of, I have guidance. So even if you prefer the word guide or something like that, you could use that for a while, but I would definitely look at that feeling around, uh, you know, that kind of like a dirty word for you leadership and, and, and what's causing that for you. Um, and even if you look at it from a different mindset like that, about being a guide does that change that for you yeah actually i do i, pre I do prefer uh, a guide uh i feel like that word of support like i i i love the idea of being next to people not above people <laughs> and so like um like you said guiding them and share showing what i sharing sharing my knowledge and also showing them the way whatever i've been through kind of like what you just shared a little while ago about um, it's not about knowing everything or um, saying certain things because that sounds cool or that's what people are doing right now, what's trendy, but it's more about like what's authentic to me and this is, and I want to offer what I've already kind of experienced and it's really true to me. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Language, how it can impact us, like different yes. kinds of words have, have feelings connected to them and I know a lot of people have feelings about the word sensitive and like I'm on the other side of that where I see sensitive as a, as a positive, but some people are still in a space that see sensitive as a negative word, but we are definitely influenced in language. And I think that um, exploring where you get those feelings of like, that feels a little icky, where's that coming from? And, and allowing yourself to kind of explore that can be helpful. It's like, Oh, that was, that came from, Oh, now I understand where that comes from, you know, because you <laughs> right. to explore it and that can be really interesting and you can use whatever language you want to use if you like the language of guide better use that word and and I would still suggest exploring your feelings around the word leadership um, but uh, I think that could be a really interesting thing and it looks like a, a lot of people are glad you asked that question Cecilia even says I feel the same way about the word leadership 
and she says maybe a bit of an imposter syndrome. Is that part of it for you? Um, if I'm honest, I think yes. <laughs> I, I think that's not something that I like to admit to myself sometimes because <laughs> I am very much in the space that you have been talking about, about really owning that, really coming to a place of uh, loving that actually and accepting that. I think uh, I, I know for a fact that I still have some work to do in terms of uh, coming really into terms with that and embracing my sensitivity. Like I think you said, I think it's just a word <laughs> at the end of the day, but um, but it's interesting how it does create a little bit of a barrier of like, no, I, I guess because of all, of all the negative connotations, it feels like a word that I don't want to associate myself with. But I, I, based on everything we've been learning in the community, I know it's not a bad thing or anything. If anything, I'm, I'm really proud of that, but it's still something that um, I guess reminds me depending on who says it, it reminds me of negative or difficult situations I've been through. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. I, I would definitely recommend um, like after today, after this session, spending some time journaling about that to see if you can go down into the core of that for you. I always find that really interesting. And we, I mean, I'm a huge believer that we can pave our own path. I always say that, that we can pave, pave our own path. I've certainly done that. Nobody had done you know, nobody paved a path before me to get to where I am right now. It was always guided by this instinct, these feelings that something felt right versus something that didn't feel right. I really listened to that within myself a lot. And, you know, sometimes things go well, sometimes they don't go well. But I do believe that, but making those steps towards something that you, that you believe in opens up doors for you down a path. So mm -hmm. maybe it's a path you never would have been on before. Therefore, it's a door you never would have seen before. And I, I really believe in that process and staying away from shoulds and what everybody's telling you to do. If it doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. Stick with what feels right to you because you've got a whole extra toolbox of stuff inside of you that the majority <laughs> of people don't have. Yes, I yeah. completely agree. I love all your questions. Why don't you ask some of your questions out loud so everybody can <laughs> Sure, and so I guess um, we kind of covered that. I was asking like, how does being an HSP leader differ from like a non-HSP leader? And I think is what you're saying, um, when we can really tap into that, like we can find something within ourselves that other people obviously don't have. And I think that kind of moves you into a space of looking within yourself versus looking outside of yourself for the answers. Kind of like what you were saying with Monica about um, not listening to outside perspectives, but more to our own self. But yeah, the next question had to do with, um, based on your experience working with HSPs, like what do you see as the most urgent needs that for HSPs in general? Like, I guess just kind of curious as to, to, because you have worked with so many HSPs, like, what do you see are some of the patterns? Like, what are people needing most? From my perspective, it feels like um, you've talked about a lot of them in the community, but I'm curious if there's anything that you really want to talk about. Yeah, I personally think that, um, that HSPs need information about the trait. They need information about how to balance their sensitive nervous system. Um, they need uh, guidance and support in reframing and working on self-esteem. Um, and, and the reframing pro process actually really helps with that. And teaching them how to access those gifts that are inside there. And kind of, you know, being able to do all those things like we talk about in the community with self-compassion, teaching them about that. Because I have seen over and over again with just thousands of HSPs all over the world is like, if you can teach an HSP about their sensitive system and how to live their best in the world and, and you know in the closest balance that we can at any given moment there's so there's access to all those amazing gifts inside there and um, even like vulnerability like you've talked about in the community too being able to um, role model vulnerability being able to connect within it uh, talk mm -hmm. about it right because I think I mean, some of the posts yeah. that I've put into the community where I've been the most vulnerable have actually been some of the ones you guys have commented on the most. And I've kind of learned that over time is to share, you know, the real parts of me with you so that you guys can have an understanding of like, yeah, there's, 
no such thing as perfect. We all work on this. This is all our journeys and there's never a point that we're done. We're never done. <laughs> right. <We're always> done, <laughs> right. Right. And I think that was another follow-up question to that. Like, we, given that we are all constantly working on improving ourselves or like, like right now when we, when it comes to um, helping other HSPs to bring out their own gifts, like if I haven't done that myself, I feel like it'd be a little bit hard to do that with other people. So I know that there's a, a lot of people that say like, you don't have to be ready. Or even you said it um, a little while ago, like you don't have to be ready, but then how can you help someone with something like that if you haven't done it yourself fully or like you feel like you haven't gotten there? Well, that's a great question, to, in fact. And I think um, none of us have gotten there. And that's, that's <laughs> my belief, that we're all on this journey and that you know, you're going to have things in your story and your experiences that really help someone because you've shared some of your story with them, as an example. Mm. And some of your, your viewpoints of the world and your ex life experiences are unique to you. And they will connect with the people that you want to connect to. And, and that's such an interesting thing. Like when we're talking about building websites or copy for emails or blogs or whatever it is that you're doing in videos, all of it, but being able to um, talk from a real place and uh, you're going to connect with the people that, that are connecting to that part of you. And that's what such a, you know, that's what, that's what it's all about is being able to connect and support each other. And, mm -hmm. and oftentimes being a, um, you know, as a psychotherapist, I certainly talk about this a lot with my colleagues too, but there's times where, you know, we'll talk, I have a, one of my closest friends is also um, a therapist. And we talk about how sometimes we could be going through something really difficult in our own personal <laughs> lives but still show up in those sessions for our clients because there's, right. there's a, it's a different part of us. And it's like a, you know, being able to show up and be present with someone is mm -hmm. such a powerful thing. And we don't have to have reached a certain destination to be present with someone and to hear their story and to be oh. there. Oh, yep. So it's about presence. Presence is really powerful and, and depending on the type of work you're doing, but being present with anyone is a really powerful experience. Um, and it's interesting too, like I can remember when I first started out as a therapist, I was really worried. I was like, oh, what if I don't have enough experience for this particular client? And maybe they'd be better with someone that had more experience. But it was interesting because all the research showed that the connection between um, say a therapist and their client, the most important thing is that that client feel safe and comfortable with you and yes. everything else falls into place. That is so true. And um, <laughs> like, I, I come at it from more of a spiritual side, like, you know, people connect with you and like, they can really like listen to what you're trying to share with them. But it's interesting that even in the more medical <laughs> field, like in your space of like therapy, um, that still applies. Like the connection still overpowers everything else. Like it's still the top priority it does awesome. doesn't it and i can't tell you yes. how many clients i've had and students tell me that uh they really appreciate that i share information about my experiences too that i'm i know what it's like to have anxiety and depression and because i know what that's like i have extra information than say a therapist that doesn't know what that's like and right you know being able to um hold and we talk about holding the container that's important. So, you know, we, there's a, there's oversharing too, of course, as a therapist, <laughs> we can't overshare, but there's a sense of, if you can imagine just a container being held and if I'm holding the container, um, then it's supportive and it's safe for you to share mm -hmm. and we can hold the container for someone. Wow. That's amazing. I've never heard it that way. So that's super helpful. Good. I'm so glad. We got a lot of people commenting. It sounds like that this is, this is definitely helping, helping them. I love all your comments, everybody. Um, Monica says, traveler, there is no path. The path must be forged as you walk. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Definitely. I've certainly forged my own path. That is for sure. Um, 
Annabelle says, great question, Renata. I think it's really important to clarify the assumptions around leadership. Very helpful discussion. And Becca says, appropriate, Monica. Yeah, and Diane, very helpful, Julie, about how to help HSPs. Most of my clients are HSPs, so that's very helpful. I'm glad that's helpful. Good. Renata, you want to keep going on your questions or any other comments on what we've talked about? Yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so I guess the other question that I had was around qualities, like from your experience, what do you see are like the top qualities as HSPs that we can really lean on to, to be the best leaders that we can be? Yes. Love it. What do you think are our top qualities? You've been in the community a while. What have you soaked in as you think are the top qualities and anybody like, let's write them down. Let's all share this question. What do you all think? is the top qualities in an HSP or an HSP leader in general? I think like the most obvious one is definitely our intuition. It's a, it's a lot of, even in this group, I'm feeling like a lot of people are really good at tuning into other people's emotions, knowing when someone needs a little extra support or like when someone is not feeling good and we're really quick to jump on trying to help them or trying to support them. So I think that's super awesome. And, also, I think um, I see there's a lot of understanding and empathy. I think <laughs> shouldn't come as a surprise, right? Like I see a lot of empathy, like I don't see in a lot of other places. People don't, I don't feel like we jump to conclusions super fast. Like we try to be understanding of people before we get there. Yeah, those are powerful, what you just said, aren't they? Really powerful. And we've got some great ones. Cecilia says kindness and compassion. Monica says, maybe the desire to be next to people and not above, like Renata said earlier. Diane says, intuition, creativity, empathy, deep thinking, feeling, knowing. Um, Cecilia is wanting to support and help others um, and sensing what people need. Annabelle, compassion, intuition, emotional depth, empathy, and creating a safe container for others. Well, I love it. I love that you guys all can come up with these positives. I mean, this is why... It, it, that's why it's so powerful, like um, in business, to be an HSP. Um, Cecilia says we are diligent and hardworking, responsible. Absolutely, we want to get things done right, um, and we want to really support people. We want us, we want to um, really help people, not take advantage of people. Um, Monica says understanding and caring about the larger context in a given situation. Yep. Those are all such good ones. Isn't that beautiful that we can all come up with these? Willingness to give of our Definitely. Services. I love it. And now we have to just believe it, right? We have to believe that about ourselves because you can see this is who you are. And, you know, it's interesting because um, something that was coming up for me as you were talking um, was this feeling of like sometimes like in my experience I feel like I've been too nice to people um and sometimes that can be perceived as a weakness like oh okay now I'm gonna take advantage of you because it seems like you're a really nice person and you're willing to do things for me and I think that I I think that was my follow-up question like how can you be a leader and still kind of maintain those boundaries or like how do you um how do you approach the conversation of boundaries great question I think that it is so important to have good boundaries as a sensitive person, or you're going to be like I've talked about before, where you pull everybody into your raft and everybody's drowning. And boundaries allow us to share our gifts with more people, actually. So, you know, and I certainly had to go through that in my own life in creating boundaries around certain people in my life or certain family members, things like that, where there's a recognition of. Uh, if one thing to look at too, when you, um, when you don't have boundaries, there, there is no way for you to get your, your mission and your self out into the world in the way you want to, because all your energy gets used up. So I have a real belief in paying attention to those energy points. Like I've talked about before, if I'm giving away, you know, 90 points of my energy by putting something over and over again into somebody's bucket that has a hole in it. And you guys might've heard me talk about this before that some people have a hole in their bucket and it doesn't matter how much right. is in there, it's not enough. 
that's not a good use of my energy points, is it? Because then I'm not able to do any of this other stuff that I think is important. So part of it is also getting clarity on what is your mission? What is your passion? Where, where, what do you think you need to share with the world? And what kind of energy points do you need to do that? And how do I define these people in my life that might be toxic? Uh, how do I work towards boundaries to make sure that I'm protected inside of that space? And boundaries don't have to be a wall. Boundaries can be that actually improve relationships. They improve healthy relationships. And the people that have problems with boundaries are the ones who need it the most. So when you set a really healthy boundary, you're improving <laughs> the dynamic of that relationship because you're making it more balanced. So that's a way to look at it. I really like that, um, that nuance that you, that you pointed out. Um, healthy people, healthy relationships, like people that um, respect those boundaries, they know that that's a good thing like that you, that you have some sort of um that you respect yourself and that you make sure that other people respect you too so i think um that's that's powerful like do not focus too much on the people that don't respect them or see a problem with them but in, instead focus on the people that really respect that yeah exactly you you teach people how to treat you and when you are in a place like, this is why self-esteem work is so important and self-compassion work is so important for this population because it will help somebody create boundaries if they have that. And such an important thing. Um, Monica says, oh my gosh, I so resonate with the feeling of being taken advantage of it or perceived as weak. Um, and Anne says, I always thought there was something wrong with me that I needed to change this feels good thank you i'm so glad this feels good and you know we have a lot of old messages that we have to kind of reframe and look at uh and i remember being a real people pleaser for a big part of my life i mean i just wanted to do what anybody needed me to do didn't think about what my own needs were and guess what that was the height of my anxiety and depression there's <laughs> usually a link there right there because if you are if you can't uh, have the right kinds of boundaries and the right kind of healthy relationships in your life, it's not going to be a good life and you're definitely not going to be able to share your gifts with the world. So kind of, and you could talk to anybody that's able to, that's kind of in a position of leadership in a, in a sense that almost all of us have gone through a process of reframing our own lives, healing the wounds of the past and, and kind of practicing vulnerability and practicing being able to share our, our real self with the world and all of that does take internal work. And sometimes if we have a lot of wounding, uh, it's important to do that with someone, a professional like a therapist that can help kind of go down into those places with you. I love like when I'm working with clients and they, um, they talk about, they'll come and share. And it is, it is the same story every single time, no matter where this person lives in the world, that <laughs> when they uphold and honor their needs and then have their value they feel empowered when they say no to something they want to say no to when they meet their needs in a way that they need to meet their needs they always come back they are lit up and they talk about wow this is it felt so good to do that and then maybe the next week will happen and they'll go like you know what i gave up my needs here i did this and i didn't want to it didn't feel good to me and i did it anyway and now i feel icky so i always say there's always a message inside of us do you guys feel that when you're when you're following what's right for you versus you're doing something that's not right for you, that that I call it the icky feeling versus the lit up. I feel empowered feeling. Do you guys relate to that? You relate? Absolutely. To Absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, I'm starting to tap into that um, space of like really doing what I like, even though it feels uncomfortable because I have repressed it for so long. But like you said, I start to feel that like, ecstasy almost like feeling of like oh my god i'm really doing what i want i'm really going for this and i'm feeling super excited about it it does feel like ecstasy right it's like it's the same thing every time people share this with me it's the same thing it's like when you're following something that honors who you are and feels right to you it feels really good and it feels really bad not to <laughs> and and that's the key <laughs> listen to that inside of you a lot of people relating to that i just oh wonderful i love all this guys um i'll read off some of them 
Cecilia says, yes, I think I'm perceived as weak because I'm quiet, but I think HSPs are some of the strongest, most resilient people out there. I agree 100%. I totally believe HSPs are very strong and resilient. I think we've had to be. We've built up a whole level of resiliency that most of the population has not because we are surrounded by the majority that don't have this trait. Therefore, we're surrounded by situations that can be challenging for us because the world's not set up for our sensitive nervous system. And so inside of you, you have definitely been building that strength and resiliency. You just need to practice accessing it. And I hope that you guys know it's there. That's the thing. I hope that there's a part of you that, that really knows that it's there. Uh, Annabelle says, I did too being a people pleaser for a long time in my life and I needed to learn to set healthy boundaries and I'm still learning and practicing it on a daily basis. Yes, I do. Yes, we're, I'm, I'm practicing it on a daily basis too. This is another example of areas that we are um, never really finished. This is a journey that we're on. Um, Monica, oh yes, definitely relate to Icky versus Empowered. Good. Cecilia, yes, well, the next exclamation point. Uh, Monica, often I don't know exactly why I feel icky and sometimes I get caught up in trying to figure out the reason I feel that way, but maybe icky is all that matters. I actually like following that feeling. I think that's a great, I tend to do that. That's like my end of the day routine is kind of checking in with myself and being like, have I got something kind of icky feeling in there? What is that? And I, I like to figure out where it's coming from because there's information and I'm a big believer in sort of creating these life templates as a sensitive person. Like if I do something and I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. That doesn't feel so good. I don't want to just cover it up under the rug. I want to understand why it didn't feel good. And most of the time it meant that I didn't honor my needs. It did something I didn't want to do. Um, and, and I think that's such a powerful thing because if you keep connecting those dots, you actually start to create this template for your life. It's like when that situation or something similar rolls around, you've got a template now that's like, oh, yeah. I remember now, really, I need to honor. I need to honor myself and I need to value myself because however much you value yourself, that's how much other people value you. That's kind of a powerful statement, right, guys? Yes, that was like, a, whoa. <laughs> it's kind of like the same thing with the boundaries that like if you don't have them for yourself, then, then you're not really teaching people how to treat you. Absolutely. And we, and it's interesting too, because a lot of people on this journey go through a process of when they start really working on themselves, they go through a process of recognizing that there might be people in their life that they might need to, you know, that they might see as toxic, that, that actually is not feeding that relationship, things like that. Because a lot of HSPs, if we're in a space, just like I used to be, of, yes, I'll do anything you want because I'm a people pleaser. There are going to be people that take advantage of that and we'll find ourselves in situations that don't feel good. So when you start creating those boundaries and you start, it's like, I kind of see it as if, if my value is way down here at the bottom, which is where it used to be, then that's the people that I'm meeting. I'm meeting people mm -hmm. at that level and those mm -hmm. are the people in my life. And as I raise up my own value, I, and I want you guys to see this in a, in a different mindset. It's not about disconnecting from people. You're giving them the choice. Can they meet you up here where your value is now or not? And it's their choice to go up there or not, but you don't come down here to greet them. You stay up there with your, with the value and honoring of yourself and your needs. And the people that rise up there with you are the ones who stay in your life. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and so um, how do you, I guess something that comes up for me as I think about that, I think is that empathy piece, like, of like, oh, I feel bad that I'm leaving people behind or those people can't meet me there. Like, mm -hmm. I wish they understood me or that they knew that this is important to me. So um, I feel like sometimes that is, something that stays in my mind as I'm moving up and getting better I'm like oh I realize like people don't want to follow me now because I don't do what they want or I don't um, do what I used to do 
Yes, it's a powerful shift, isn't it? To think it to, to, to not look at it as, oh, I'm I'm you know leaving them behind or cutting them out. What you're doing is you're asking them, and and I think that there should be a process in place. Whereas you say things like, you know, you can you can share language with them, like um, this these are my needs. This is how I function my best, and these are my needs. Um, and then you get very clear with them what you need from them, and then some people will be able to meet those needs, and some people won't. And then in that sense. Anybody that that hasn't been able to rise up and meet those needs and, and honor you where you are, they will stay where they are. And maybe over time they'll be able to rise up with you and maybe they won't. But that has that comes from that's on them. It's not on you. Right. Yeah. Love it. I love that people rising up to meet you. Yeah. They we we teach people how to treat us and we people value us and love us at the level that we value and love ourselves so those are such important internal work to be done and i have one final question it's yeah. like it's the whole time but um uh you have to do around so as i'm tapping into this new energy of like okay i'm excited about this i'm feeling really good and like i said i feel so static I feel like sometimes I, I'm so excited that I psych myself out of it. <laughs> like, I'm just so overwhelmed with the joy that I'm like, okay, okay, what do I start? What do I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? Like, do you have any tips to make that work? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean by psych yourself out? What does that mean to you? It means like, I think the fear sips into that joy. Uh, so if I'm excited about something and I know I can do it and I'm like, okay, I just need to show up and be myself. Then a little bit of fear comes in like, well, but what if you make, do it wrong? Or are you sure you know how to do it? Do you really think you can handle this? Like a little bit of that kind of comes in. And, and so I think then I kind of want to go back to, let me plan things out. Let me make sure I know everything I need to know. <laughs> it, it's like a never ending cycle of like, when am I going to actually go out there and do it? Love it. And what a great question. I know a lot of people are resonating with that. Um, and I think that uh, it's important to know that the fear is often there. And it's often there for a lot of us when we're starting out something new. That's why I always share with people about my fears and the things that I've overcome. And we can't wait until the fear is gone before we do something. Instead, we need to support and understand the fear. So I have this kind of system that I think that I like to visualize. It's like, let me acknowledge the fear because we've got to acknowledge it. We can't shove it under the rug and dump it out onto the table. Just dump all mm -hmm. the fear, everything that you're scared of and put it out onto the table in front of you and let's talk to it. What's it saying to you? It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm worried it's not, I'm worried somebody's not going to like it or it's not good enough. I've had those exact same fears. Believe me, I think everybody has had those fears. But right. we need to go into intention. It's like, okay, I'm afraid to put this out there because it might not be good enough. Okay, let me, let me go down into the core of that. It's like, okay, I know that by default as an HSP, I'm going to have an issue with perfection, but I want things to be done right <laughs> and perfect the first time. That's who I am. Right. That's always going to be my default. Let me accept that. Okay. So I already know that's there. And I already know that whatever I'm going to put out is not perfect. So that's the thing. Because if perfection, and believe me, I used to live in that same cycle that is like perfection. It had to be perfect. But if we are really, you know, trying to uh, have perfection be our goal, we're going to fail every single time because nobody's going to be perfect. And instead, I really like to go into something that's really worked really well for me and a lot of the people I consult with, is to think of it as practice. Because with practice, we don't have to be perfect. And that with practice, we get better. Yes. Right. And I think that reminds me of like having a mindset of exploration versus like arriving, being being open to ideas or trying things and, and seeing what happens and instead of trying to get some particular goal or some meanings of some particular standard that we set for ourselves i mean it, i think it's a fine balance of like 
having some direction, but also allowing ourselves the space to explore and see what happens and enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah. And really think about your intention. If you get stuck in certain areas and like, I'm so afraid to put this out there because I think it's not perfect or it's not good enough. I want you to instead, because notice how that's an external focus. You're worried about what somebody else is going to think. That's right. your DNA. You're going to have that. But I want you to redirect it back into what is my intention? Oh, my intention is to help people. Okay. If I put that out there, do I think it's going to help people? Yeah, I think it will help some people. Is it going to help everybody? No, that can't be my goal. But if it helps uh -oh. some people, that's my intention. And that's where I go every time fear starts to kind of rise up for me. I go back, I trace it back, it back into my internal world. What is my intention? What is my personal goal for this? Why am I doing this? And then yes. it starts to go away. That totally resonates and it feels good. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, I love it. And Cecilia says, uh, yeah, oh my gosh, I do the, the psyching myself out. I start doubling down, er, sorry, doubting myself and my abilities to do it, even though deep down I know I can do whatever I put my mind to. I 100% believe that. We can do whatever we put our mind to do it. Is it going to be perfect? No. Let's take that off the table. It's not going to be perfect, but follow your intention. That's what really works. What is your intention? Why do you think it's going to help people? Keep bringing it back. And this is where meditation and mindfulness practice comes in handy because every time you're meditating, I cannot stress this enough for HSPs. <laughs> it is so important. And believe me, pre-me, pre before meditation practice to now, completely two different people I, I often feel like because it <laughs> that muscle it builds that a muscle to be able to pause and reflect and respond versus react and shut down mm -hmm. and that that can happen to me to this day I'll, I'll I'll do something and maybe I get a fear kind of creeping up and then I'll I remind myself oh oh yeah I got to go back into my intention and my being able to pause and reflect like that and redirect gets mm -hmm. better because I have meditated daily and that's how it got better. Whereas before it was like a slippery slope, just take off. And now I'm like out of control emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> and that can happen certainly as a sensitive person. So these are practices like these are daily. I had to practice meditation. I had to practice self-compassion. I had zero self-compassion for myself. I was so hard on myself before I started all these practices. And I tell you, without self-compassion, it's hard to do anything. With self-compassion, it is the key, it is, the, it is where we get a lot of our strength because no matter what happens, no matter what situation we're in, if we are compassionate with ourselves, we can get through it and we can get right. through it a lot faster. Thank you, this has been amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. For I, I love it. Yay. Thank you. Oh, I loved hearing from you and getting to hear your voice. And I loved your questions. And, and thank you for sharing all of that. It was wonderful. Thank you, everybody. Um, Monica says, yes, thanks, Julie, and everyone. Well, we're just, we're at our time, but I do want to give a chance to, if anybody has any last minute questions or comments that they want to say, I'll be very happy to stick on for a few extra minutes. Monica says, yes, thanks, Julie and everyone. Uh, Anne says, thank you very much. Oh, I love you guys. And I'm so proud of our community and I'm so proud of you all for you, you know, even from the beginning when we started this, and you guys probably noticed that too, even you all have grown a lot from the beginning, from the first time you joined us here to now. I've seen the steps that you guys have been taking. I've seen the ability to be more vulnerable, to be able to step into yourself more as an empowered person. I can see that in you guys, and that excites me. And I love how welcoming you are to new members that join us. And I love that we have a space like this together that we really get to lift each other up in the world. And I really believe in that process as sensitive people to have each other, to be able to connect with each other like that. It's such a powerful thing, isn't it? It's so powerful. I got so Annabelle says, thanks so much. That was amazing today. Diane, thank you, Julie and Renata and everyone. I'm so glad that was helpful, you guys. 
Um, Monix is very powerful. Really appreciate your questions, Renata. Yeah, because we create this community together and you guys keep coming up with what you want and what you need and I'm going to be there to offer it to you in, in any way that I can. Um, I'm so glad you guys were here and it was really nice to connect and it was nice to get to see some of you guys on video and get to hear your voices. I enjoyed that part myself a lot. Yeah. Yay, yeah, Becca, very powerful, right? It is, it's powerful to have this experience together. I love it. All right, everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your experiences and your stories and your questions. And you can see that we connect with each other when we do that and we relate. So many things that, we, that were said today were really relatable for all of us. Um, and I think that's such an important piece. And let me know if you want more of these kinds of trainings up ahead. Um, I really love hearing what you guys need and want and we'll be doing whatever kind of trainings you want. So I'm here to support you and I hope you guys are taking really good care of yourselves out there and we will definitely be connecting more and more as we move about all these wonderful weeks together. So take care everybody. I just love having you guys in the community and I'm so proud of you all for everything. So thanks everybody. Bye everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Explore all my episodes and share them with other HSPs who might need extra support and empowerment, too. You may also like to stay connected by subscribing to my free weekly newsletter for HSPs at hspblog.com. Take extra good care of your beautiful self.